Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, we have another great email through the mailbag from a technician at a small GP who has a new hire coming on that they feel like might have a bit of a bad reputation. Andy and I get into talking about the fact that VetMed is a very small world and answer some of the questions that this tech asked about, are they catastrophizing? And if they are, how do they actually deal with this? This one is so fun and I'm super excited to share it with you all. So let's get into it, shall we? Oh, and real quick, if you're listening to this episode and you have kids around, there is some language in this one. Andy and I try, but we don't always succeed at censoring ourselves here. So you might wanna hit pause if the kids are in the car with you. Now, let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. I'm the bad guy. Goss. (laughs) Not my best. Uh, That's okay. I don't mind being the bad guy once in a while. How's it going, Andy Rourke? (laughs) It's, you know, it could be worse. That's that's where I am. It could be worse. Man, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are struggling with things these days. Um, and I've had some of my close friends reach out really recently and say uh, things like, uh, boy, I worked so hard on the culture of my practice. And now and now everyone has quit and left. Yes. And I've had other people who say, I'm going through a really hard time. And I've had a lot of pets uh, that I care deeply about passing away. And I'm not strong enough to not let that affect me. And so... If I'm, if I act different when we're together, I just want you to kind of know that's what's going on. And I think about those things a lot. And, and, you know, I hear, I hear advice other people say, so like, for example, with the turnover thing, when I say, you know, I have a friend who's struggling and, and he, you know, he's, he's had a huge staff turnover. I know there's people out there who say, well, maybe, maybe he's not setting the culture the right way, or maybe he's not leading the right way, or maybe he's not hiring the right people. And I hear those things. But I've been really thinking a lot about this, Stephanie. I just kind of want to put it here at the beginning because it's just it's something I'm really rolling around with. It's like I, I've got this idea that there are sages and hustlers and backpackers. Okay. Okay. So sages and hustlers and backpackers. And the sages are the people who try to be- convince you that if you're smart enough, you will get this right. The sure. key is, is there's knowledge that you don't have. But if you had the knowledge... If the person told you the right thing, right. then you would be one of the smart people and you would... And you could change it. You could change it. You, yeah. you could avoid it. You would, you'd avoid it. You yeah. would avoid the pain because you're smart and you know the thing. And the hustlers are the people who are on Facebook and Instagram talking about how they're grinding and they're working hard and they're up early and they're seizing the day and they're making it happen because they're working so hard. Right. And... I think both of those people are largely full of shit. <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry. I do. Sure. Um, I think we're all backpackers. Okay. And what I mean is we are all out there just walking in the woods and we're making our way. And some of us are carrying heavy packs and some of us are carrying light packs and generally it cycles, you know, right. Um, right. you get like, that's just like backpacking is we have a full pack and you go in the woods, it's real heavy. And at the end of the trip, it didn't weigh as much because, you know, you've gotten a lot off your back and right. you've eaten a lot of food and stuff. And so 
Some of us have heavy packs and some of us have light packs and sometimes your pack is heavy and sometimes it's light. And sometimes you're getting eaten by mosquitoes. Yes. Sometimes you're not. And sometimes <laughs> there's beautiful views and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And sometimes, you know what? It just rolls up and it rains on you for days and days. Yeah. And you just walk in the rain yeah. and you didn't do anything wrong and you're not failing. You're just walking in the rain. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. And yeah, yeah if you're smart, you can... You can do better packing job and you can pick a better trail sometimes. And there are some people who just hike in circles right. and they come back to the same roadblocks or the same, you know, like the same yes. landmarks. Yes. And they don't realize that they're going in circles. They're like, there's yes. that same pain in my butt again. Guess Here I, I keep go. going. And they go right yes. around and yep. they just do it again. Yep. Um, if you're seeing the same landmark, you should change what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, You know, if you're, uh, we all need to rest on our backpacking trip. Everybody mm -hmm. needs to rest. If your idea is I'm going to walk and walk and walk and never rest, never take care of myself, you're in trouble. At the same time, there's a lot of people who take a lot, a lot of rest and they don't get very far. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, that's where my head is these days. And it's just, I, I hope that that's helpful for other people because it's been really helpful to me recently. I'm like, you know what? We're all just backpacking. And sometimes you backpack in the rain yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it yeah. other than accept yeah. that it's just going to rain and you're going to walk in the rain for a while. And yeah. um, you didn't do anything wrong. You don't nope. outsmart the rain. You don't outhustle the rain. You know, you just sometimes you walk in the rain. Yeah. And and I think it's um, I'm glad that you talked about this. And I think it's actually um, the metaphor is, is very appropriate. And it's one of the things that. Um, makes me love what we do here on the podcast and what we do in the, the Uncharted community, because I think it's so true. And I think even the most experienced mm. backpackers get hit with rain. And yeah. the only way to get through it is you just keep picking your foot up and put one foot in front of the other. And it's one of the things that I love here because this is kind of a safe little space because the reality is like you can be really good at your job and you can have done it forever and you're you're still going to get hit with rain once yeah. in a while, you know? And so I, I think about, uh, I think about our, our friend too. And it's like, you can do all the right things. You can have all the right systems and protocols and processes yeah. and it still falls apart. And, sure. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I, I love about our community is the willingness to recognize that. Cause I think, especially on social media, there's this, there's this, um, pressure to feel like you have to make it look like everything is perfect. Yeah. And we get caught up in like, oh my God, their clinic has it all together. Nobody's clinic has it all together no, all the time. <laughs> it's just, I, it's, it's, it's total BS, you guys. Yeah. I, that's, yeah. Honestly, that's what I love the most. That's probably what I love the most about Uncharted is like one of our core values is vulnerability. And yeah. so um, there's nothing that makes you feel better when you're walking in the rain <laughs> and you've had this problem and you've gone through this thing. And then someone that you respect, someone who you is just objectively successful, comes up and says, oh, man, <laughs> I did that. I remember walking through that. God, it sucks. And you go, oh, you, you've been here? You, you got soaked like this? And they're like, oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you go, one, it's, it's someone showing you that you're, you're going to come out the other side, yes. which is valuable. Yeah. And another thing is it convinces you that it's not a foolish mistake. It's just... Sometimes you get rained on and yeah. everybody gets rained on. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I just I've been thinking a lot about that recently. But if you're out there and you're struggling and you're feeling like, man, things are things are not going well. This must mean that I'm failing or I'm not strong enough or I'm not smart enough. I I, I don't think that that's true. Nope. I think we're all making our way. And if you hey, 
if you want to walk with some people, come and join Uncharted. We and we walk together. You know, like that's that's what we do. But we're yeah. all still walking, and you still got to carry your own pack, and you're still going to get rained on. But at least you won't be alone, and other people can tell you what they've seen on their journey as well. So yeah. anyway, that's that. But I just anyway, I I don't know who needs to hear that, but um. But I suspect someone does. Uh, yeah, I think there's more people that probably need to hear it uh, than than don't because it's 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 hard right now. And, that, and honestly, that's I'm I'm stoked about. Uh, we've got G- our GSDA conference coming up in a, a few short weeks. I can't believe it's already September. Like the clock is just moving on by. Gosh, um, yeah. And and I think that's that's where a lot of us are at. Right, like life is crazy. Everybody's shorthanded. Everything is nuts for everybody. And so I'm really excited about spending that time in that space together as as a group to just say, look, sometimes sometimes it's great. And like, let's lean into the positivity because when it sucks, it's really hard to find that positive motivation. And there's nothing mm-hmm. better than, you know, being being on that trail and having another group of backpackers to just sit and wait out the rain with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Uh, yeah. But we have a great mailbag question for this week. Uh, speaking of waiting out the rain, <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a question from a, a technician in practice uh, who is a, who is a leader and uh, they're asking for for some some friends or some advice for waiting out the rain. So uh, they have someone who they are the lead in RVT in their practice um, or lead tech. And they have someone who's been hired. They have a practice manager. And so the practice manager has hired somebody and um, they said the vet world's very small in our area. And um, fun fact, the vet world in general is very small. It doesn't matter where you live. (laughs) You you can live in New York City or you can live in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. It is small no matter where you live. Um, And so this tech is like, look, I'm hearing um, some pretty negative things from mutual acquaintances in our area about this uh, new hire. Um, They are have super words like they have a super strong or super dominant personality. Uh, And one person said, look, this person is a straight up uh, capital B word. (laughs) And so their practice manager was like, look, we're shorthanded. I think that we need someone, particularly someone who has the level of experience as this hire badly enough to to give them the benefit of the doubt and just see what happens. Um, and so this technician is is torn because they're like, look, I, I get it. Um, we do need help. And we've worked really, really hard to get to a place as a team where we have a great team, not toxic, works together, and they are afraid. They don't want that to change. And so they were asking, hey, um, how do you approach onboarding someone where you might know some things about their history. Do you view it differently than you would a new hire that you know nothing about? Am I being, they were asking themselves, am am I being unfair to judge before this person even starts? Um, And, (laughs) and they're just worried about, you know, am I catastrophizing this or is there actually potential that this could be a train wreck? Yeah. Uh, Both. Yeah. Both. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the answer. Yes. Um, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, we, we get, a, we actually get a fair number of questions like this about yes. like someone new is joining and this is what I've heard. Yes. What, what can I do? This is a hundred percent going to be another one of those episodes where people are like, are they, are they talking about my practice? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you the other part of this. This is not the question that we got, but this is this is a version of this question that I've gotten before. Is the owner or the medical director writes to us and they're like, "I just hired this person, 
And now the team has come to me to tell me they have a horrible reputation. <laughs> uh, this is information I would have liked to have had yesterday. Um, yeah, true story. We, we've gotten those. We've gotten those letters too. <laughs> true story. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's already unpack this. So okay. let's 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 start with with headspace as as we do. Okay. Um, do you want to start with sunny headspace or not sunny headspace? What do you like to start with? <laughs> let's start with the sunshine. Great. Let's start with the sunshine. Right. Like. But how about the golden rule? You know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh, if I was going into a new job and someone there had heard that I was a jerk, I would want the people who didn't know me to at least give me a chance. Yes. You know, like, yes. I, I would want that. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've ever told this story before, but I'll tell you a story. Um, I was, I remember as a Facebook group, it's been years ago. And it was a, a group and there was a bunch of technicians in this group. And I had posted something that had been shared from from the Dr. Andy Rook page into this group, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was looking around as, you know, as you do when you see something show up in a group, you're like, I sure. wrote that. I wonder. And, and people were like, oh, this is really good and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this one person who said, if you want to know what it's really like to work with him, let me know. I have the dirt. In the comments. Oh, seriously? I, yeah. And I looked at this person. I never met this person in my life. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea who you are. But I was I was bothered. You know sure. what I mean? Like, sure. it was very conspiratorial. And so I commented back to this person and I said, what's the dirt I would really like to know? <laughs> and I thought that they would kind of back down or maybe sure. delete their comment. But no, they wrote, they grabbed their flaming, raging sword of justice and oh, said, no. oh, the fact that you would comment shows how defensive you are. Oh, gosh. And that you clearly have, you know, and, and I, at that point I was done. Right, um, right. But they, they went on, on the attack that I had said, you know, what is the dirt? Because I, I've never met you. Right. And I'm curious as to what you think you know. Um, and, and it just escalated. And I thought about that. And like, it really bothered me because I sure. was like, I don't know who this person is. And they're telling other people they have the dirt on working with me. Yeah. And so I went back to my text and I was like, hey, what's the dirt on working with me? What, what, you know, what, what is, what is, what could possibly be there? And they looked and they were like, oh, this person works with someone who left our clinic a while back. And so, yeah, there's probably some gossiping stuff going on over there. Sure. I wouldn't worry about it. And, and I, I ultimately sort of do, what else are you going to do? So right. you let it go. Let it go. But man, it always bothered me because I really bend over backwards to be good to work with. And if I'm not good to work with, I want you to tell me I'm not good to work with because I'll honest to God, take the feedback and change right. uh, or at least change what I can do because it's real important to me that the support sure. staff and the other doctors enjoy being around me um, and that I treat people well. And so to see that or have that reputation put out, man, that hurt me and that bothered me enough that the fact that I still remember the interaction today. Mm -hmm. And so I can empathize with the person coming in and being like, sometimes people say stuff or, or you know, put stuff out that hopefully is not remotely true but man i would hate to have people judging me and making decisions about how they're going to treat me yes. based on some rumor about how i'm supposed to act you know yeah and the other the other piece of this that i will say that has been one of the most powerful lessons that i have learned uh, as a as a manager but also kind of as a human being is sometimes things are a result of environment and mm -hmm. so i have worked with 
technicians and support staff and doctors in in my career where I have worked with them in one environment and it was an awful experience. And then they go on to a completely different clinical environment Mm -hmm. and it's like night and day. And so I think, I think for me, the, the, you know, give people a chance is, is really important. And I think, you know, again, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for repeated instances of problems, right? But you got to give somebody a chance. And so I think that's how I, that's how I try and approach people. You know, when I do, uh, reference checks or background checks as a manager, and I'm talking to people who have worked with somebody before, and I'm asking them questions. One of the things that I'm trying to figure out is is situational. Is what is their environment? You know, what is? Yes, I want to hear the information that they're sharing. And if someone shares something to me that's deal breakers, obviously that's important, right? But if somebody's like, well, there was some drama, there there was you know problems with with gossiping or whatever, I'm gonna ask more questions because I want to know yeah. like what what were the circumstances you know was this someone who uh you know like w- there's a million different reasons but I, I want to know and because what I'm trying to figure out is is this is there a higher potential for this to be replicated in my practice environment because we all have different teams we all have different makeups within our practice and so I, I agree with you I think everybody deserves a chance and also I want to know what is potentially different about my circumstance and situation than than theirs. Well, totally. Well, you know, uh, I have a good friend and her mother passed away. And man, she was a different person for six months. You know, sure. like, no, no shade, you know, but boy, it 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 was a hard time. And I, I'm, I'm confident she's not alone in, in having an experience like that. Oh, yeah. Um, that really rocked her to the core. And it wasn't like, oh, she's having a bad week. It was like, no, it was six months. Sure. Of I, I mean, again, I, I know this person as a friend, but I, I was it depression. I don't know, you know, but but it def like they definitely changed their behavior changed for yes. an extended amount of period of time, and then ultimately it, it changed back. You know what I mean? But um, all that to say, sometimes we meet people uh, at a hard time, yes. and it's something they're going through. I really like your point about about environment matters. Uh, there are people I know who I mean, I I remember uh, I remember friends growing up. Uh, that they were together and boy, uh, they were both kind of mean and then their friendship broke up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. suddenly one of them was the coolest, nicest person I ever met. I'm right? like, how are you cool? And they were like, I didn't realize being around this other person was really affecting me sure. in a negative way. And like, it was incredible to see this turnaround in this individual. So I, I think you're really like right in that there's, you know, there's a lot of things like that, that, um, that, you know, they, they, they change over time and, you know, that's, I don't know. It's uh, I think I think giving people the benefit of the doubt sometimes is is it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and we all kind of cycle through things. Now that's the sunny side. <laughs> now there's not sunny side as well. Um, you know, there's a difference in behaviors and patterns, and sure. I yes. I put a lot of weight on this. Yes, I hear people misspeak all the time, or say something that's hurtful, or snap at other people. And that's a thing that happens to the best of us. Sure. You know, like we all get hangry. We all have hard days. We're all carrying heavy backpacks. Yes. You know what I mean? And just we we don't we wake up and we don't have enough spoons to get through the day. If you know spoon theory, you know, it's like it happens to all of us and we act out 
And that's not a pattern. That's an action. Right. There are other things that are patterns where this person snaps a lot and this person routinely gets frustrated and raises their voice as opposed to the person who has raised their voice literally one One time time in 10 years. (laughs) You know, like I think we've all seen and practice owners at the end of their rope, raise their voice. Uh, And it's like, boy, was that wildly out of character for her or boy, that's just another Tuesday for her. That. But that pattern matters, matters. Yes, yes. And so the only reason I bring that up is if you have multiple people come to you pointing out a type of behavior that they have experienced or seen or heard about in different times and places, then I start to say, hmm, maybe this person didn't have a bad day. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a pattern of behavior here. And I definitely would be foolish to not at least file that away. I don't want to judge that person. Yes. But I would also be foolish to dismiss that out of hand and not consider the possibility that there is truth to what is being put forward. Yeah. And I think I think that's that's totally true. And when I thought about this, I thought about this letter and thought about what they were saying to me, things like strong or dominant personality or, you know, acting like a straight up B, like my question is what does that actually mean? Like what, you know, is it behaviors that they're seeing? What are, what do those behaviors look like? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it things like tone of voice? Is it the way that they talk? Is it the way that they, you know, interact with their, like, what, what does that actually mean? Cause that could mean a million different things. And that could be something that is in my control to influence or affect change, or it could be completely out of my control if it's truly personality mm. right and those are those are two very very different things for me and so i i agree with you i think i think it's worth looking at is this is this something i can can impact or influence or is it not yeah but you know, one last example i want to give you because know, you were there uh you were with me when i was talking to ron sosa our executive director for uncharted and he talked about when he lived in New York City and became a New Yorker and he left New York and he had to change the way he communicates because the way that he would be like, no, this one, do this. I need this. Get this. And apparently it was culturally acceptable in New York City. And that's how people communicated very directly. Oh, yeah. That's that's not how they communicate in other parts of the country. <laughs> well, and yeah. he was like, I realized that I was like, I would tell people to do things and they would cry. And I was like, oh, my God. And so we all sort of have these have these different ways and styles where we behave in one way and it changes later on. Yeah. So anyway, that's I guess that's that's just my point is um, we all have behaviors. uh, You know, we all we are all sort of making our way. Um, Pay attention to behaviors and patterns, especially. But again, everybody should get a chance. I think that that's I think that's that that's my thought on on giving people a chance. And. And I, I really, I really believe strongly in that because on the flip side of that question, I know you were going to turn us to, to a little bit of the rain, but I would also say from a sunny side perspective, what if it's great? Yeah. And, and I, and I say that from my own personal experience, you know, when I was a, when I was a manager and I um, left my first clinic and I went to work uh, as a, as a practice manager for the first time and I went to work in, in a practice and I had a, this it's very appropriate here. I had heard some things about the practice, but I was like, you know, 
I have evaluated things for myself and I feel like there's potential here and I am excited about having a chance. And so I was like, I am going to set those things aside and I'm going to think about it in what it, what if it could, what if it could be great? What if it, you know, what if those things aren't the experience that I have? If I say no, just because of someone else's experience, am I going to be passing up on an, you know, an awesome opportunity for myself? And so I was trying to go into it with a, with a great headspace and Mm -hmm. a dear friend of mine, uh, who I've known since I started in the industry and, uh, and they're in industry. She's, she's a, um, works for one of the manufacturers came up, came by and, and I was so excited and I was just like, Hey, guess what? Guess where I'm going to work? And I, and I told her, you know, I got, I got a job as practice manager and I'm super, super excited. She literally burst into tears (laughs) (laughs) and she was just like, please tell me that you're kidding. She's like, take, take it back. Do you don't go there? She's like, don't, please don't go there. And, <laughs> and I was so taken aback. And I was just like, Oh no. Okay. This is not a good sign. But I was just like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cut. You know, this is me, sunny, you know, hopelessly yeah. optimistic. Right. And I was just like, but you know, I'm really excited about the opportunity. And so I'm still, you know, still trying to frame it in, in a good, in a good way. And, um, and for me, it was, it was interesting because ultimately like I learned so much in that practice and Uh I, there was a lot of negative and a lot of, a lot of bad. And uh, like looking back with hindsight as only you can with hindsight, would I choose to, it's like high school. Would I choose to repeat that? Not a chance in hell, (laughs) but, but I learned so many lessons that I would not have learned. I don't think if I had if I hadn't taken that route. And so for me, part of it is from a headspace perspective is when you choose to to give, give people the benefit of the doubt, sometimes it's it's for yourself. And sometimes I the question that I ask myself is what if it's what if it's great? Yeah. And and I think that there can be a lot of good in that, not in a toxic, positive kind of way. But I do think it's worth the mental exercise to ask yourself, like, what if your team needs a strong personality? What if your team sure. needs somebody who's a who's a straightforward shoot from the hip kind of communicator? What could be great if someone like that came into your team? Maybe there's possibility there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I definitely have some good friends who rub other people the wrong way sure you know i i they're just they're just i have some prickly <laughs> friends well as i say that i have some prickly friends who are you you don't want to cuddle them and they don't want to be cuddled <laughs> they're like the cat they, you, if you hug them they're just gonna freak out like it's not gonna go well but uh but they're still a good companion you know to, to have around and so you know the fact that someone doesn't get along with other people i don't always you know you can only put so much stock in that you have to go right. and make that decision for yourself you know the other the other thing that i've really been focusing on a lot recently which has worked really well for me um I, i'm very much about protecting my peace these days as the world is tumultuous and and there's plenty of things to get upset about very few of them are things that i can actually control sure. i have really settled in a lot into i'm going to protect my peace and focus on the things uh, on the things that I can control. And part of protecting my peace is for me is uh, trying not to fix problems that don't exist. Like that seems like a no brainer. But a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to fix problems that do not actually exist yet. We're like, but it's going to exist, but it doesn't exist yet. Right. And so don't spend too much time on it. I, I think it's a it's a mental game we play. We're like, well, I'm going to go ahead and think about what would happen because I'm prepared. And yeah. what I would say is you're fighting over a problem that has yet to occur. Yeah. And I have found that that's generally a waste of my time and a limited emotional energy. 
And so in this case, that's what exactly what I would say to this person too is, you know, uh, give, give grace, golden rule, uh, recognize patterns and go ahead yes. and think about, you know, what, what that means and don't expose yourself foolishly. Uh, right. if you, if you have reason to be cautious, right. other than that, cross the really, bridge when you I, get to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, well, especially since you're not the one who, who decides whether or not this person gets hired, right? They're hired, right. they're coming. As right. of now, they have created exactly zero problems for right. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have done zero things that mm-hmm. are worthy of concern or response. Sure. And so protecting your peace to some degree is the ability to put this down and say, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and when it happens, we'll deal with it in one way or another. And so I, I know that that seems simple, but I got to tell you, a lot of people really miss that trick of like, oh, I'm you're fixing a problem that does not actually exist. You think it's going to exist, but you have no idea if it actually will. Yes. The other part is, say, you know, fix problems that are in your control. And so it's like, you didn't get to choose whether or not this person was hired. Right. Like, that was not your decision. And and that's out of your control. Like, they are coming. And you right. can't control that either. And so in this case, I would say, you know, you put your feet up, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Like, The best advice from a headspace standpoint is I don't know what any of this is going to be. I'm going to wait and see. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to react to it based on what actually happens, not just what I'm worried is going to happen. Any other headspace thoughts? I mean, that's 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 the big one. I I, I guess the last thing I would say in headspace is um, have you got to have faith in in the culture to some degree. Right. Cultures are not made of glass. Now, they can be broken they can be can be toxified. Sure. But they're not, a good culture is not fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, high-performing teams tend to self-regulate. Yes. It's a piece of advice that one of my mentors gave me is if you have people who get along and they work well together and they get things done, toxic people who come in, they often just get excluded or pushed back out. You know, they are, they're yep. generally... Uh, they generally have a bad time in a team that that works well together and stays positive. Yeah, that's not always the case, but a lot of times it is, right? Um, and and I think that that's super true. Like as a leader in the practice, when you have a good culture, and and this person was like, we've worked so hard to get here. When you have that culture, you'll you'll know. Like, and I, I will tell you, like having been in a place that had not so great culture and growing to a place that had great culture, um, I. <laughs> when I read this letter, I was like, oh, this could have been me writing this letter at one point in my career. Um, and I'll tell you, that person came into our practice. And when things started, I was the first one to know. The rest of the team was like, look, we already tried talking to this person. And this is what happened. Like, we need your help. And th- you'll you'll know. And yeah. and you won't have to. It won't be a long process if you if you do have a yeah. good culture, to your point, like the team will self-regulate either. They'll stand up and take care of it themselves because you've taught them really well and they yeah. are going to protect and, and communicate well as a team or they will try their best. And then and then they will let the practice leadership yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that that's that's exactly my point, too, is a lot of times these people come in and they won't make it through the first night if they're really a problem. They're not going to make it the first 90 days or the, by, by the end of the first 90 days. If your leadership team is honest and committed to having a good culture, they'll catch this. Right. And again, I think sometimes here's the thing. I, I think a lot of times we think in very absolute terms where the practice owner is like, hey, we need some help. We need. Yeah, we need some help. We need some skilled labor. We really need it. And so I'm going to hire this person and give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to say the only options were don't hire the person. 
or hire this person and, and commit to having them forever. Yep. It's like, nope. The owner said, we're going to try this out. Yep. And he brought this person in. And I will tell you, that's the position that I take a lot of times is say, we really need someone. And I feel good enough to give this a try. And, but also, I'm going to cut bait. If this doesn't work, we're going to pilot and try it out. I think that, and this sort of goes back to the sages that I was talking about at the very beginning. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, if you hire the right person, there will be no question. (laughs) And the person will appear. And everything will be magic. And they will match your core values and and, and achieve immediate spiritual alignment (laughs) with the rest of the staff. And you all go in harmony and never would there be a a wave of discord. Uh Like that's. Not total, total bullshit. A lot, exactly. Right. It's total BS. Like, if you find a perfect person, hire them. I am a huge believer in hire talent when you find it. Yeah. Like, fi- like make it work. Get them on. Get them on. And if they're great, get them on and and figure out how to make it work. And that has always worked out for me. I am also a realist who says sometimes you need help, and the help that is available is not the help about which. Uh, legends are written right it's 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 the help that's there yeah and you say i am going to try to make this work and if it doesn't work then we're going to cease and desist and like that's okay too that's a very likely and possible and survivable yes so yeah and ultimately i'm seriously the last (laughs) thing now now this is really the last thing and then i see people wrestle with all the time and it came into my mind too is we don't like change. People don't like change. Like how many times have we had a friend group, right? You, you have a friend group and you're like, this is my group of friends. And then somebody, what a jerk, brings a new friend into the friend group. And, and you're like, oh my, you know, like the dynamic changes. We're doing different things. We're talking about different things. Um, at first, that's weird. And a lot of people like myself, I'm like, I don't like this friend group anymore. And, like, and it's painful sometimes. And it's painful. And then the friend group adjusts and it's right. a different experience hanging yes. out with the friend group. That is life, you know? Yes. Um, your team is going to change. Yes. There will be people who will come in and there will be people who will leave and it will never end. Like there's a, the old Buddhist saying that you can never step into the same stream twice. That's true. You put your foot down, you pick it up, the water moves on and you put it down again and it's everything is different, right? Um, mm-hmm. The molecules are different. The part of the stream has moved on. Right. It, it's the same thing with teams is there is no permanence. There is no stasis. And it's always scary to add new people or shake things up. Mm-hmm. Um, not, at, not shaking things up is impossible. Yeah. Like that is the Buddhist definition of pain is trying to hold on to time and keep it where it is and that's and, yeah that's and again on the flip side of that what if it's great like you yep. things are great now but what about if you add somebody and it could be even more more great like you you, you know just because things are good doesn't mean that you you should stop moving forward <laughs> um yeah. and you know for for better or for worse it could go it could go not so great but yeah. what if it gets even better absolutely so anyway, that's the headspace. I okay. think we we I think we should probably just sort of leave it there. I think we've sufficiently muddied the waters <laughs> to say a lot of things are out of your control. Don't try to fix problems that don't actually exist yes. yet. Uh, and then um, do one to others. You know yeah. what I mean? While still being smart, uh, you know, yes. pay pay attention to reputations, yes. and at the same time, um, you know, 
Give give people a chance. I, I, I um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop, and I'm gonna figure out how to make this headspace thing into an action step, and okay. I'm gonna do the next section. Okay. Let's, let's take a break, and I'll figure out how to put in the action step to make it sound good. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Hey, Stephanie Goss, you got a second to talk about Guardian Vets? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Man, I uh, I hear from people all the time that are overwhelmed because the phones never stop ringing. Yes. Um, and I'm sure you, you hear from these people as well. You know, like our caseload is blowing up and the doctors are busy and uh, the phones just don't stop. They never stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. I'm amazed by how uh, how few veterinarians know about Guardian Vet. This is a service where you have uh, registered technicians uh, who can jump in virtually and help you on the phones. You can flip the switch and uh, Guardian Vets can jump in and take some of the load off the front desk and they can handle your clients and get them booked for your appointments and give them support. And it really is a godsend. Pre-pandemic, it was amazing to me how many people hadn't heard about it for after hours call help. But at this point, I can't believe how many people don't realize that they are offering help during the daytime as well, which I would think right now is a huge benefit to practices because everybody is shorthanded. Everybody is drowning in phone calls. And so we talk about it. We've talked about Guardian Vets a lot on the podcast. And every time we do, we always get somebody who says, what is that? Guys, if you're not familiar with Guardian Vets, if you think that you could use some help on the uh, on the phones or up at the front desk, check them out. It's guardianvets.com. And uh, if you mention our podcast, me and Stephanie Goss, uh, you get a month free. So check it out, guardianvets.com. All right. You want to get into, uh, you want to get some action steps? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So you are the writer here. This yes. person is coming in. This person does not have a good reputation among people that you trust. And yes. you're worried about the culture uh, and the impact this person is going to have. Let's make some action steps. What are you, what are you doing here? Yes. Okay. So the for me, the first thing that I have to do is answer one of the questions that was asked, which is how do you do you approach onboarding with someone like that you've heard things about differently than any other hire? And my answer to that is no. Like you mm-hmm. treat them in the exact uh, the exact same. And so for for me, it's a it's a headspace thing, but it's also an actionable thing. I just pretend when I'm interacting with that person, like I don't know any of the things because I you, you gotta you gotta give everybody a chance, right? And the only way you can do that is if you try and forget. Now we all know that that's easier said than done, yep. and that we're gonna have bias and judgment. And so so actionably, it's about two, twofold. One is a little bit of pretend, a little bit, a little bit of fake it till you make it. And the other is um, what we talked about in Headspace, which is being being aware. And so when things, if things do happen, make note of them, but don't treat them any differently. Don't approach it any differently. In fact, I think you actually have to work harder at onboarding a, a person that you might know some things like this about because mm-hmm. I want to try. I don't want it to be at the end of the day. The worst thing for me would be to feel like I was in, in control of this piece of the experience and I screwed this up. Like at the end of the day, as a, as a leader, I wouldn't want to w- look backwards and say, oh, I could have done better. Like th- maybe that's the overachiever in me, but like I'm going to probably work harder to get to know them, to try and set set a good stage. Um, and so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't approach it differently in a negative perspective, but I might approach it a little bit differently from a positive perspective, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. You know, I would I would tie on to that and say, uh, assuming good intent is, again, we talk about this every week. It's just, hey, 
I'm going to assume that this person is trying hard and they want to be a good person. And then again, that's just me getting into a good headspace, you know, where I can, where I can, where I can work with them and feel good. So I would say, uh, assume good intent. Um, you know, the next part of this, which may or may not have been the part I really want to talk about in the last one. Um, <laughs> the next part of this is be kind first. Okay. Okay. So be kind first. Now, there's this book uh, called Give and Take by uh, the psychologist Adam Grant. Okay. And um, he, I, you can read the book if you want. You don't have to. I'm going to tell you the whole book right here. Right. This, this, this is this is the whole takeaway. Right. In this book, Adam Grant says there's three kinds of peoples. There's givers, there's takers, and there's matchers. Okay. And givers are people who give of themselves. They give their time and energy uh, and to to other people. Okay. And there's takers who are people who do not give. They only take from other people. Sure. And then there's matchers who are people who basically keep score. If you give to me, then I will give back to you. And if you take from me, then I will take from you. And I did something for you. Now I expect you to do something for me. Sure. And those are the three types. Now, he looks at givers, takers, and matchers and says, when you look at success, uh, however he defined it, where do these people fall out? Who is at the top of the success uh, you know, ladder and who's at the bottom? And what he found was it's givers at both the top and the bottom. They're right. very bimodal. And the difference between them is that givers... Uh, who never stop giving, they get parasitized. Mm -hmm. They get taken advantage of and sure. held down and, it, and they end up unhappy. At the bottom. And, and at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And other people have just taken their credit, taken credit for them, taken, you know, taken their, their heart and soul. Mm -hmm. But givers at the top also um, give. The difference is the givers at the top start by giving. They are the first ones that jump in and help to give their time and their energy. But then after they jump in and give, then they switch to a matching strategy, which means I'm going to give first. Sure. And if you jump in and give as well, and we have a mutually beneficial giving relationship to each other, I'm going to keep giving. Right. But if I jump in and give and give, and I suspect that you're a taker and you're not giving back, right. then I'm going to switch to a matching strategy and be like, well, I'm not giving you anymore. Sure. And if you change strategy and decide to be a giver, then I'll jump back in, you know, I'll switch back to, to being a giver. And that sounds really simplistic, and it probably is, but gosh, how powerful that is. And I really believe that, that is, there's a lot of truth in that is you should be a giver. We should all be a giver, but also we should be realistic about the truth of the world and say, I'm going to give first without expecting, you know, compensation. I'm not matching. I'm giving, but I am also going to pay attention and I'm not going to get taken advantage of and held down and things like that. I would say the same thing with this person is they're coming in. I'm going to be kind to this person. Yep. I'm going to put myself out there and try to support them and try to make their onboarding easy. And if they jump in and they're appreciative and they're, you know, and they and they accept this help and and show that they want to be here, I'm going to keep supporting them. Mm -hmm. And if I jump in and try to help them and they blow me off or act like I'm inconveniencing them or things like that, then I'm not going to be there to support them. I'm going to step back away and and, you know, and. And, and I will I will support as as needed or as desired, but uh, I'm not going to throw myself into this in a way that's going to allow me to get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And and I think that this person who wrote to us has the unique opportunity to set the tone for mm -hmm. the rest of the yes. team, because the reality is it's a small world. And if you're hearing things, some other members of your team might be hearing things, too. And so you have the opportunity yep. to set the tone and be the leader here. And on the flip side, you have an opportunity because 
you were there first. You are a senior member of the team. And I would hallucinate that your practice owner and your practice manager trust you. Mm-hmm. And so as a as an owner, as a manager, if my lead tech came to me, if there was challenges and told me what those challenges were, because we have we have built the trust bank, which you talk mm-hmm. about a lot, like I'm going to look at that and say, I'm not going to, your word is not the be be all end all, but I'm going to have a whole lot of faith in what you're sharing with me and your perspective. And so you are going to have the ability to influence on that end as well. And so, um, you know, this person was like, I don't have a lot of decision-making power. Like the practice owner was like, I think we're going to do this and they've already hired the person. And so it feels crappy to feel like you don't get to make that decision. And at the same time, that does not mean that your hands are tied. And so I think from an action perspective, I think you're, you're, so spot on Andy about like let's let's be kind here and you have the potential to set the tone for the for the rest of yeah. the team and you're going to assume good intent you're going to give this person a good a good um opportunity and a good chance and you're going to be observant right yeah. and you're going to say is this a one off are these repeated behaviors and do it um you know not <laughs> It's hard because it's easy to think, well, I'm just going to watch them and I'm going to keep score. It's not what you're doing either, right? Yeah. It's a, it's really truly about giving someone a good opportunity, but yeah. also being open and honest and saying, is this is this working? Is is this you know not? Yeah, I I agree with that completely. the other, The other part of that, which really dovetails on all of this, is you know, if you want to be able to influence this new person coming in then creating a relationship with that person as quickly as possible is yes. your best option because you're not going to be their boss. Yes. Um, it, you know, we talk a lot about trust and relationships and this, that was really important. And so this person coming in, you giving first, you assuming good intent, you trying to support this person as they come in, they might not be a nice person, but if you have a relationship with them, at least you're going to probably hopefully be be uh, more comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. And then also you're going to be in a place where you can kind of maybe maybe affect those behaviors, maybe be able to sort of peer mentor this person because they are looking to you or they know you or they or they feel like over the first couple of weeks that they were there, they built up some trust. And you might very well be able to help guide this relationship. Mm-hmm. The worst case is that you try to build that relationship and it just does not work. And we're back to our matching strategy. And you say, hey, this is I've, I tried to get in there and tried to build this relationship and tried to tried to help this person and, and give to this person, but it's just, it's not working. Yeah. Um, at some point you have to say, uh, I did the thing, you know, I, I gave it my honest try. I really wanted to make this work. I set myself up there. And that brings me to the last action step, which is um, never forget that you're not trapped. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you don't get to decide what happens in this life but you always get to decide how you respond to it. Yes. And so if you're losing sleep at night and you're like, this person is coming and what if this is terrible and what is awful, then I would say, this is the best job market in a hundred years. (laughs) Uh, You know, like just file that away for what it's worth. Um, You've always got options. Uh, You're never going to be trapped. And so anyway, that's that's the last thing I would say is I'm going to give it my best and maybe it'll be amazing. And the worst case is it won't be amazing. And it will be this person will toxify the place and leadership will not intervene. uh, And I'm going to communicate to them and they're still not going to intervene. And ultimately, I'm going to decide that this is not 
how I want to spend my days mm-hmm. and I'm going to go somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I would say to you, is that really the worst scenario that you can imagine? Like, right. is that really a horrible, horrible, horrible thing? Like, eh, probably not. Yeah. And it's hard because in the moment it feels crappy, right? Like you're, totally. you think, oh, I've worked so hard and we're in this great place. And what if it's all ruined? And yeah. so I think the thing to remember is like, it's not permanent. This person getting hired doesn't have to be permanent, but also to your point, Andy, like you being where you are also doesn't have to be permanent. And I think our human nature brains are like, we're going to, you know, <laughs> our writer asked, am I catastrophizing? And is this going to be a train wreck? Well, yeah, you are catastrophizing. Definitely catastrophizing, yeah. <laughs> it, is it going to be a train wreck? Maybe. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe it's yeah. a great Maybe it's a great thing for you. Maybe it's a great thing for your team. And there have been plenty of times where, you know, I've looked back in hindsight and in the moment. And I can tell you, I've, I felt that way leaving my, really honestly, leaving my last three, three practices in the moment. It felt like the end of the world for for differing reasons every time, but it felt like the worst possible thing that could happen to walk away from that. And yet I will tell you that with hindsight, with hindsight and perspective, it was the right thing for so many other reasons. And so I think like we tend to feel that just we just see the feeling trapped and we yeah. get so afraid and we just like that's where we I know for me, like that's where oh man, like living in that emotional place. And it is not fun. It's not, it's not ugly. And so, I mean, it is ugly and it feels crappy. And, and so I think just don't forget that like you, what you said, Andy is so true that you can only control how you respond to it. And so don't, don't feel like you're trapped because you're not. And to your point, it is, it is the best possible job market that it's been oh, in yeah. forever. Exactly right. <laughs> and, that away. And I stand here and say this like, oh, you know, and you can do this and, and give grace and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I am a master catastrophizer. Let me say, how many times have we talked about me end up living in a box next to the river? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like that's, that's, that was a, for a long time, that was a hundred percent a staple in the podcast. Pretty much me talking about how this decision was going to have me living in a box. Probably, probably the first two years that you and I worked together. Like that was a, (laughs) that was a regular, you know, regularly occurring conversation (laughs) was talking Andy off the ledge because tomorrow him and his girls were going to be living in a cardboard box in the forest because everything was going to fall apart. (laughs) We would have most of the staff meetings were people saying, you're not going to live in a box, Andy. I was like, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna all we're all out of jobs. You're not. We're not out of jobs. At the time, everybody was super part time. They're like, "This is not even our real job, Andy. We're all fine." Oh man, I love it. <laughs> that's, that's all I got, guys. I hope that's helpful. Uh, yeah. Remember, uh, remember that you know we're all backpackers, and uh, sometimes you see big thunder clouds ahead, and sometimes they blow on by. And sometimes you get rained on yep. and you're going to have to walk in the rain a little while. But, you know, it's a, nothing you can't handle. It's really not. Super great analogy. I love it. Have a fantastic week, everybody. See you guys. Take care. 
Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.